You're listening to the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb. Today on the show, Mackenzie Rankin, reporter with Axios Charlotte, stops by. She's going to tell us a little bit about growing up here in Gaston County, why she chose to go down the path of studying journalism, and her career to date as she comes back to report in the Charlotte metro area. Want to know what's coming up in the month ahead? Check out our Looking Ahead videos, produced each month in both English and in Spanish. We feature key dates, events you'll want to mark your calendars for, and so much more. Watch them on demand on the Gaston County Government YouTube page. Find them in the Ion Gaston playlist. Welcome in to another edition of Savvy Citizen. I'm here with Gavin Stewart, and we're talking today with a local journalist, Mackenzie Rankin, who works for Axios Charlotte um, and is a Gaston County native. So welcome into the show, Mackenzie. Thank you for having me. Um, so first, just wanted to talk to you a little bit about kind of like what it was like for you growing up in Gaston County. I mean, this we were talking just before we started the podcast, and you're you're related to some of the folks, some of the Rankins that people may know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Gastonia. Um, my whole family really is from Gastonia. My parents, they still live here. My grandparents still live here. Um, so definitely grew up with that small town feel. And um, it's really wild to now living in Charlotte to still kind of be able to drive home and it only take 30 minutes and also see the growth that's coming into Gastonia, especially starting to trickle in more to like Belmont and areas oh, yeah. like that. Um, but I loved growing up in Gastonia. I, I wouldn't change it at all. And it's, it's, uh, a really cool perspective to now be, like I said, 30 minutes up the road with more of a city feel, mm -hmm. but then being able to come back home and, and see my family who, yeah, they're all still here. So Absolutely. where did you, where, where did you go to school then? So I went to, uh, start, started out at Lowell Elementary, then went to Holbrook for middle school and then, uh, graduated from Ashbrook in 2015. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. So I was looking at your CV, you actually interned with, was it NBC? Yeah, that's right. So I did something called the PAGE program at NBC, and that was in New York. So um, 2019, after I graduated from UNC Wilmington, I moved to New York for a short time for the PAGE program. How was that experience? That was, it was insane. Um, if you've ever seen 30 Rock, the TV show, so Kenneth the PAGE is uh, a character on there, and uh it's basically modeled after the TV show. He's a page and the page program is a real thing, um, but doesn't look quite like Kenneth, <laughs> sure. how Kenneth's, Kenneth's life looks um, in the TV show. But yeah, so it was a group, a cohort of us. There were about 20 of us um, and there was a new cohort every three months that came through. Uh, and basically it was just a rotational program through 30 Rock and you got to work with a bunch of different branches in media. So I rotated through um, the Today Show Plaza. So being out there super early in the morning with Jenna and Hoda and that cast and crew. And then I did a short stint um, with MSNBC with All In With Chris Hayes and just oh, wow. kind of getting all the different sides of media. I'm just curious how you got into news because for me, um, and like me and Adam had worked in newspapers, like I really didn't develop the news bug until um, probably like beginning or midway through college. Cause I was, I was kind of interested in broadcasting and then I sort of veered off if you will. So what, how early did it happen for you? And you know, what was kind of your first like, oh yeah, I want to do this and, or I'm going to join this yearbook club or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it's a couple of different things. I mean, my family and I always joke because if you go back and look at 
home videos from when I was like five, there were ones where I would give my friends a microphone and we would sit on the couch and pretend like we were on like Oprah or the Ellen oh, wow. show or something that. like that. Um, so, you know, it kind of started then. I think I always enjoyed mm -hmm. doing those kind of like skits with my friends. Mm -hmm. I had a YouTube channel growing up where I would post stuff like that on there. And then that kind of transformed into I did a lot of musical theater growing up and, you know, just being on stage and kind of performing and then realizing like, OK, I like I like the atmosphere of performing, of storytelling, but I want to kind of shift it more into something that's like real life. And then I found the intersection of, of broadcast. I also started out mm -hmm. um, doing broadcast journalism. I, in high school, kind of went through that. I did, um, I didn't do yearbook club, but I did something called Wavelengths at Ashbrook, which was like okay. our broadcast media. Mm -hmm. cool. And did that with the intent of going to college to do broadcast journalism. So when I went to UNCW, did all four years um, for with broadcast being kind of the end goal, started in that. And then, you know, long story short, now working more of a, a digital social media side. But yeah, it kind of just was a I think through childhood, there was this kind of sense of like just performing or storytelling that was kind of always had that bug. I can relate to that. I, I definitely look back at my YouTube channel every now and again. I'm like, wow, that's kind of cringy, isn't it? <laughs> it's so um, cringy. But if, if it weren't for that, then probably wouldn't have gone down this path. Like that was literally the outlet that we had whenever we were growing up. And YouTube was really just beginning to take off. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah I think I went back in like ninth or 10th grade of high school and wiped that YouTube channel clean. But uh, smart. there's smart. probably still some home videos with all of that. Oh, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cringy. <laughs> Yeah, Gavin McKenzie, you're here talking about like, oh, YouTube was, you know, just coming about, you know, at, at the proper time. And for me, it's like, yeah, I remember pre-YouTube days, like when I was, you know, seven, eight years old, we had like an Apple IIe that had the green screen on it. And so I'm dating myself. Here. <laughs> <sighs> yes. Just feeling older and older every day. I love that. Um, so what... Um, was there anything about kind of the internship at NBC or, or what kind of made you shift gears from going to broadcast into, I mean, it's not print because Axios is totally digital. It's all kind of online. Right. Um, but it, I mean, obviously is more of your traditional kind of written media than, than, you know, the video side of things, I guess. Yeah. I think, um, like I said, I think I always started with broadcast as the initial goal. Um, and I think I learned going through that, that it wasn't really, it wasn't exactly the lifestyle I saw myself going into career wise. I think there's something that they say in, um, in broadcast news where it's kind of like make art not, or make air, not art. Yes. And, um, you know, that serves a purpose and it, it 100% still needs to happen. There's mm -hmm. stuff, especially with breaking news, you just got to get it up to go live. Yep. Um, but for me, I really, really appreciate more of the creative side of media and, and telling a story, even if it takes a little longer and can put more time into it. Um, and so I think slowly kind of, it, it kind of came actually, I mean, bringing 2020 COVID into this, there was a time where uh, it was really hard to find a job in media. Yeah. And um, I started freelancing and doing a lot of social media management and doing okay. a lot more on the side of creative media, copywriting, things like that. And then that also kind of factored into, okay, if I get back into news, which I wasn't in at the time, because again, it was right when COVID happened. Sure. Um, 
I started thinking, how can I make this work and do and do media and make it more creative? That's maybe not necessarily the um, the broadcast route, but still working in news because um, I really missed that. I really wanted to get back into journalism. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, fast forward to Axios, I started this past year, but I think that's kind of the intersection of where I wanted to stay in news, but I wanted to do something that was a lot more um, had a lot more creative freedom than what I had original than what broadcast um, was giving me or what I experienced through that. That makes a lot of sense. And like what they're kind of giving you to cover at Axios, like it's a lot of the fun stuff, I would say. I mean, it, it seems like you're not like digging into like, oh, I'm going to do like really hard hitting or depressing stories. And there's obviously a place for that. But like the stuff that you get to cover, like it's hard to like not read that and have a smile on your face. <laughs> Yeah, so my beat is lifestyle, so it is a lot of, it is a lot of fun. Um it's a lot of, you know, seeing Charlotte grow, stuff that's opening. Yeah. Um a lot, especially with like food and drinks. So yeah. There are a lot of days where it's just, you know, I'm going out to a new restaurant that's opening or um a new coffee shop or um that a new is store. Tough. That is tough. You know. <laughs> you've got to suffer for the people, uh, right? Right. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> um but so yeah, it it is so much fun being able to cover that kind of lifestyle beat. But, you know, at the end of the day, we we do have that breaking news side of it, too. Sure. And so, I mean, yesterday is a great example. There was um, the massive fire that happened in South Park. Right. And that was kind of an all hands on deck thing. So our beats kind of go out the window on mm-hmm. days like that. So typically, yeah, I'm more lifestyle. Um and but yesterday, whenever breaking news happens, it's where can we where can we're all hands on deck, boots on the ground. And so my boss is calling uh, me and my other coworker. The three of us are kind of more lifestyle social media. Mm-hmm. And instead of, you know, we canceled a couple things that were planned for that day and changed it to, OK, I need you to go out to the scene and you'll be Instagram live streaming the press conference, answering comments, things like that. Gotcha. So it's it's really interesting to kind of have this duality of. Typically really, you know, fun stuff, but also knowing that some days I might have to switch and kind of go back to that, like, breaking news mentality that that I've done in the past more with broadcast, honestly. Yeah, that's really great experience to have it, like, um, at your age as a journalist, like, being able to switch gears like that. I mean, I think that's what broadcast, but also, I mean, anyone who's reporting news and, um, you know, anything related in communications is just, well, how how quickly can you break away and do something else that you're asked to do, especially when it's um, a community effort or you're, you know, you're just trying to get the word out about something that is, that has happened. Um, that's, that's serious. So yeah, I feel like that's a great quality to have. 100%. And I think um, something that you two would probably agree with is being a journalist, especially in, in broadcast or, or more of a kind of a general beat, you have to be, you have to have, you know, maybe breadth, not depth, right? right. Like you kind of have to be an expert at a little bit of everything or at least do enough research to For try sure. to be <laughs> a little mini it. expert, yeah. right? <laughs> and so that's something, that's another reason I really actually got into to news in general is because I felt like it helped me learn about the world without focusing on one little thing. And I'm kind of learning like vicariously through all these experts of going out and doing a story on I mean, I, I don't know off the top of my head, like taking a, a yoga class one day and, and, ex- mm-hmm. and experiencing yoga and then like the next day, gosh, I'm totally blanking, but like walking <laughs> through a brewery and learning how they make their beer, right. right? It's like, whoa, I just did learn two really opposite ends of the spectrum things. And that's, you know, kind of 
how I like to experience and go through the world. When you're in a sense, like you're kind of paid to like learn about the community that you cover and then like share that knowledge with other people. Exactly. Yep. So did you go to Mama Ricotta's for the new menu? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. yeah. That must have been very difficult. (laughs) Because I saw that and I was like, wow, that's a tough job. Mm. It was really just a hard Monday. I was just really dreading it. <laughs> Super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was actually my first time at Mama Ricotta's. Really? It was. Okay. Yeah. And so it's funny because a lot of times, so I, I moved back to Charlotte summer of 2021. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I grew up in Gastonia, but I, I always tell people that when I was growing up, we would really... We kind of stayed in Gastonia Hmm. and we would go to Charlotte for maybe like a concert at, I think at the time it was like Time Warner Cable Arena or we'd go to like a Bobcats game. We'd go out to like a birthday dinner, but it was mostly uptown, you know, and it was maybe like Noda. We'd go out and explore, but really Charlotte, I feel like I'm exploring a whole new city that has, that is, you know just as exciting to get to know. You know, there's cool people everywhere and cool things to experience in all cities. Yeah. And I have found that to be 100% true here mm-hmm. in Charlotte. Yeah. Are you able to, when you're pitching story ideas, are you able to bring in a little bit of that Gaston County knowledge and go, hey, I've got some connections with people in, in Gastonia or Belmont, you, you know, because obviously Axios is fairly heavily focused on Charlotte itself, but you guys do venture out into the kind of the, the suburbs from time to time. Um, yeah, I always get really excited whenever I see something happening in in Gastonia or the surrounding areas that I feel like I can kind of bring in a little bit of like local knowledge or yeah. maybe like reach out to someone I know who like works there or started the concept or something like that. I mean, I was talking to you um, before the before the interview about the River Room, and that was one where back in December um, I had just started in in October, but um, we kind of hit the the Christmas coverage pretty quickly okay. after I had started, and so um, Christmas Town obviously came up oh, in yeah. conversation, right? And um, I was telling I was telling them how McAdamville has traditionally really been like a dry town. Yeah. Um, I think I mean I went back and looked at some of the the history on it, and I think. They permitted alcohol maybe as recent or as back as like 2007 or something like that. But still, it's like you you aren't going to see people like there's no you weren't going to see like cocktail bars and things right, like that. Right. Like you could buy wine at a grocery store or whatever. But um, and so seeing the River Room, I think, was the second place in in McAnaville to have liquor besides um, Terramia, mm-hmm. which was the restaurant. So right. it was like the River Room's our first real kind of cocktail bar. Um, and that was something I brought up. I'm like, hey, we should cover Christmas Town, But I also think there's this interesting little piece here about how people can now get a drink and not just beer or wine anymore. They can get a cocktail um, before or after the lights. You know, mm-hmm. still not a social district yet, but they can go before or right. after. Um, and so that was, you know, something that it, it, you know, and then I'm like texting my, my dad to be like, Hey, who can you put me in contact with confirm? Like when the river room started mm-hmm. selling, like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's that little bit of hometown like connections that I do. I love whenever I can, whenever I can do that. Yeah. We had talked to, um, John Serby from Catawba Riverkeeper on the podcast, not too long after they opened the river room. Um, and it was just, it was interesting to kind of get their perspective as an organization, kind of like what the purpose of it is and like just a very unique spot, like, um, for Gaston County for sure. Yeah. Really excited. And then there's, um, 115 craft down the street, which is another 
bottle shop. And I don't know, I think it's just, it's really interesting to see these places pop up that are little hubs for community. Like my family loves to go down to the River Room or mm-hmm. the um, 115 Craft and just like, just hang out there and have, you know, it's just like a, a really cool additions to that little main strip that has also grown like crazy. Now there's oh, a yeah. um, two scoops down there. Yes. Um, so yep. <laughs> really exciting. Mm-hmm. And more on the way, I'm pretty sure. I 100%. Yeah, <laughs> I know there's, um, they're talking about a food hall across mm-hmm. the way in the old, um, and far, where Far Yarns right. used to yeah. be through there. Um, so yeah, yeah, lots of growth happening. Well, and you're seeing some of the the popular breweries in Charlotte going, hey, there's there's something going on in Gaston County because you got Old Mac that's coming across the river now. Um, uh, th- there's some others that are that are showing some kind of interest in in starting to um, expand over here. So it's um, you know we've gone from having just maybe a handful of places to really, I mean, our tourism department's now promoting this ridgeline um, trail essentially of like all these different places where you can get craft beer or wine and um it's just it's it's really cool to see kind of how that's changed in gaston county from you know 20 30 years ago where this was so much more of a you know just kind of a textile community and and didn't kind of have some of this diversity and some of this nightlife that that, that's coming into place Mm -hmm. yes and i'm i'm really excited for it i would i'm sure you know Hopefully Gastonia is excited to get more breweries. It's kind of a running joke at at work how, you know, whenever we post something about a brewery coming to Charlotte, all the comments are like, ah, another brewery. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe Gastonia or Gaston County will happily take a few of those oh, absolutely. <laughs> if we're tired of them in Charlotte. Maybe it's oversaturated. I don't know. I'm always excited. I think that's, you know, that's our thing. We're a brewery city and to see it trickle into Gastonia is awesome and I'll happily take it. So. Mm-hmm. Well, there, I mean, there's so many different types of beers. And so it's like, it's not like, oh, we've got like 40 different breweries that all just do a couple different IPAs and that's it. Like there's, there's such a wide variety and there's something for everybody really. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now we're seeing seltzeries pop up too. That's my wife's thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, she will go after any sort of a hard seltzer that she can find. So anywhere when we go to a brewery, if they, if they've got seltzers or hard ciders or anything like that, she's, she's all in. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually my go-to as well. So what are some of the things that you've worked on since you've been in Axios that, that you've been kind of most excited about? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, let me think about it for just a second. Nope. No time to think. <laughs> you really haven't been there that long, and I feel like I've seen you a lot. So you, you've definitely hit the ground running. I know that. So there's a lot you've done in the last year or so. Yes, that's, that is the kind of the exactly what I was going to say is I started in October and I whenever I'm asked that question I'm like okay I obviously have answers for this but it's flown by and there's so much always going on that I almost go mind blank for a second because I'm like how do I choose you know um I think one thing that we started doing um that I really really love is our man on the street videos and I don't know if you've seen those but we started doing those um gosh when did we put the first one out probably around November or December. And we're kind of just always chatting at work about how to be more um, involved as a media team in the community, because Mm. I think there's kind of a misconception, like who runs this page? Like who, who, who's the team? Like, do they even live in Charlotte? Is it, you know? um, And I don't know how many people really know, like 
where we are. We're, we're residents of Charlotte that are experiencing the city just like everyone else. And like I said, half the time I'm writing about these places, I'm thinking in the back of my head, like, okay, I can't wait to go and like see if my parents want to check this place out or my friends want to go to this new, you know, brewery or, or, or whatever, take this new fitness class with me. Like we're experiencing it alongside um, reporting on it too. So you know, anyway, um, one thing we wanted to do was to be more present in the community and let Charlotteans um, kind of have their say and ex- opinions on thing opinions on things on our page. And so um, we don't really have a title for this. We just call it our, our Man on the Street series. Maybe we need to come up with a title. Um, but basically, we, my coworker Alexis Clinton and I, we go out. Um, we usually pick somewhere in Charlotte that has a good bit of foot traffic, so like mm-hmm. Optimus Hall, or um, we've done run clubs, like showing sure. up to kind of have, you know, like I said, more foot traffic. Um, and we'll come up with a question, and we will just basically kind of cold call or cold approach people and ask them. Um, and a couple things we've asked, you know, we've. Um, We've asked them, what's what's one thing you would tell someone before they decide to move to Charlotte? Or if someone's moving mm. to Charlotte, what's one thing you'd tell them? Um, we've done, what's one word to describe Charlotte? Um, we have, we've even done, I don't think we ever posted this one, but we went around and did kind of like a rapid fire trivia with okay. people um, to kind of test their Charlotte knowledge. But that one, we might... We might not even ever end up posting it because <laughs> people are so new to Charlotte oh, no. that it's just like, you know, we're like, what's deer, the... Deer in the headlights sort of thing? <laughs> yeah. We're like, can you name uh, one one celebrity that lives in Charlotte? It was... <laughs> well, I think some people... I'm like, you know what? I get it because you're on the spot and it's like... Right. <laughs> can you... But um, yeah, so we, we've kind of just A-B tested that and kind of trial and error. Like, what do people really want to want to answer? Um and people also got really excited when we did a dating horror stories one. We've noticed that that is something people love to talk about dating, and especially we we found this man on the street to be mm-hmm. um, a really a really fun way for people. So we we went to Optimus and we just asked people, you know, what's what's like the, the craziest or the worst date you've had since moving to Charlotte, and that one just blew up. So um, you know things like that, and just and having people kind of just tell their own experiences in the city, and then you know that's part of it, and then the comment section is the other half of it too right because then everybody jumps on and they're like oh people are complaining about the weather here they (laughs) should move to xyz Mm -hmm. you know and it it totally starts a whole other conversation in the comments so that makes me really excited to like be able to get people in the community like involved in talking on our page and also like meeting them going out and being like hey we're from axios we want to like talk to you about you know whatever and just be like we are residents of the city too and so um yeah just making like connections and and um that way has been really exciting yeah i I love that i think that that serves a couple different itches or purposes for you and then also axia charlotte one like you know typically it could be news oriented also you get some pretty funny reactions but then there are also raw reactions where you're not only learning about the people who are in the city but um I don't know, maybe it's a way that you're expressing the news and it's just like a different way of intaking information. I think that it's not just news organization, organizations who are doing the man on the street. Um, I think I've seen, I think I've seen UNC Charlotte, they have their version of it. And, and I'm sure there are tons of social media accounts out there doing it. Exactly. It is definitely not an original idea, but um, I think, you know, another reason that, or another kind of beat to my work is, um, 
the TikTok page as well. Hmm. And so trying to reach that um, more kind of Gen Z audience, which is starting to become a challenge for me because I guess I'm, gosh, what do they call the crossover? Zillennial. Oh, you're you're the bridge. I'm the bridge. Yeah. I guess, uh, you know, uh, Alexis and I, we kind of tackle TikTok and Instagram together and um we kind of joke that yeah we're we're basically the bridge and so i spend a lot of time scrolling through tiktok getting inspiration and um so man on the street is something that i would see a lot of colleges do like you said yeah. or a lot of like just younger content creators and i'm thinking you know if this this is something worth doing cuz we want to bring in our instagram is very heavily millennial um very heavily millennial audience and our TikTok, we're still growing it. It has mm-hmm. a fraction of the followers, but we are kind of just now really hitting that strategy. But our goal for that is like, you know, and that kind of goes with what we know about those social media platforms. Instagram is very heavy, a very heavy millennial audience. TikTok tends to, obviously it has every age group, but it does trickle down into Gen Z and even younger. So um, yeah, just trying to come up with more original content uh, or not original, but just you know, ways to be a little bit like just funnier and more relatable on TikTok too, I think allows for that in ways that um, the Instagram setup doesn't always. Five years ago, did you expect to be doing as much social media work as you are now? Because it seems like, um, I think maybe you and I were probably waiting around, depending on where we were working, waiting around to see if the TikToks were going to take off or if uh, Reels were going to take off. And then of course we've seen, they've stuck around for like the last, I think I saw my first TikTok, what, five or six years ago, maybe, maybe longer. I don't know. I'm having a hard time remembering, (laughs) but it seemed like it was a period where we were just waiting to see, oh, should we get involved in this? And now everyone's behind. So, yes. Um, no, I, I really, five years ago, when was that like 20, 2018, I really thought that I was going to be, um, a broadcast news reporter and, COVID happening is really what pivoted my career. Yeah. Um, I think COVID did that to a lot of people. Yeah. Like it made them reevaluate kind of priorities, like work schedules, like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I actually, so when I was in the the page program, after doing um, the rotations through there, I knew that I wanted to stay in news, but I had made the decision that I didn't want to live in New York City. Mm. And I knew that I was going to move back home to, to North Carolina. And that's when I was kind of thinking, okay. I want to stay in news. How am I going to do this? Because, you know, the way broadcast works is a lot of times you have to, um, you kind of have to work your way up in different oh, yeah. markets. And um, I started out in Wilmington um, for a short time. And then, but I had kind of just made up my mind that I wanted to live in Charlotte. Like I, I knew that that's where I wanted to be. And I didn't want to kind of do this like two year, every two mm. years contract thing. Um, that's definitely for some people and it it's it takes a lot of dedication to do that so yeah. major respect um to to people that do kind of you know work their way through to these like bigger markets um but i just you know at that point I'm, i i wanted to be closer to home i wanted to be in charlotte and i knew that that might mean not being able to work in news mm-hmm. um at least not in the broadcast way but i was right. kind of willing to just like test out that uncertainty and see um but Yeah. So I started doing more um, social media work because of COVID. So I had, like I said, I had moved home from New York to Charlotte or and kind of in Gastonia at the time. I hadn't quite moved into the city. Um, And I was just doing a lot of freelance work in social media. I was actually freelancing for um, for Cosmopolitan. I was working on their um, Snapchat show. Oh, really? Yeah. 
And it was it was basically because that was a friend that I had made in New York. She was kind of she was in charge of their social platforms. Mm-hmm. And so that was a job that during during COVID I was able to do totally remotely. I was basically like her editorial assistant. And um, I started writing for their Snapchat show, which was basically like pop culture news. Okay. So it was a lot of like celebrity writing about celebrities, writing about, um, you know, relationship drama, all that kind of stuff. Like and also very like Gen Z topics, yeah. a, lot, a lot of, you know, just kind of that kind of beat. Um, and I really liked it. And it was kind of that more creative, like make I was, you know, it was more make art, not air, I yeah. guess. Um, and I, I really liked that. Um, and then I just started kind of freelancing writing like social media copy for a lot of different clients, but it still wasn't like hard hitting news. And so I was like, okay, how can I like wiggle my way back into this? Like <laughs> yeah. I do miss it, but I, I don't think I want to do broadcast, but I really like this kind of like creative way of like storytelling. Mm-hmm. And, um, I saw a posting for Axios looking for freelance, uh, writers or, or just freelancers in general. So I shot them over an email and they, um, put me on one assignment and, uh, it was like a sponsored, one of our sponsored posts okay. and, um, um, had a blast doing it. It was like how to, gosh, what was the post? It was, um, how to, how to like have a healthy lunch break, like how to work in like a wellness lunch break. So like going for a walk, like stretching, run, running to the gym, going to like, um, Kava or like, I think I went to Meza, which is in Optimus Hall, if anyone's mm-hmm. been over there. Um, Gonna need you to send me the link to that article. Right, I need, right? I need that in my life. I'm like, wait, this assignment was awesome. I yeah. just went and got like a smoothie, a salad. I went for like a long walk on the light rail to take pictures. You know, it was like, and then, you know, put it in like an Instagram carousel, wrote up everything, sent it over to them, and that was the the freelance assignment. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. I really, that was really fun. And I had heard of Axios. So that's why, like I jumped at the chance to freelance, but I was like, that was all it was. It wasn't like a um, coming on full time or anything like that. Um, But then basically after that, I kind of just kept an eye on their career page Uh (laughs) more or less for the next, you you know, year or so. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And then that is how I got back into, you know, fast forward media. Well, it sounds like you, like us, were able to take your, your, well, one, your studies, but then also your experience in broadcast. And you learn new skills as you, like, you broke into social media and the Axios social media news. Um, you know, you were able to apply a lot of that, but also pick up some new skills. And I feel like that's what's really cool about our world of broadcast, journalism, social media. Like, they're very closely intertwined. And I think that's what makes it fun, too, is that you're always, when you're messing with this technology, this equipment that you're always constantly finding, I guess, better ways or cooler ways to make it look better, sound better. Like you said, it's, it's more art than air. And I think we can relate to that as well. For sure. Absolutely. That's something we talk about a lot is even just in the last six months, we've changed and experimented with our social strategy so much. Like, you know, um, what do we, how do you hook someone in the very beginning? We've tried like so many different things or should we be video first or should we be image first? Okay. If we put up a carousel, should the video be first or should we do a still image first? I mean, Mm. there's so much like psychology to social media as well and social media strategy that, um, I do have to say, you know, 
I get a lot of creative freedom with this job as well, which I love so much. Um, and I'm also my my the team is incredible. I've learned so, so much, but they've given me a lot of creative freedom to kind of just be like, OK, you're like our token TikToker. Like, right. how are you going to, you know, and so um, kind of the the ability to kind of just like mess up or be like, oh, that one flopped or, or whatever. And then we just pivot and try a different strategy. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of trial and error in social media. I know. I, so I know you're still very well connected here. You're living in Charlotte now. You're discovering all the new Charlotte things. Um, obviously, very exciting. I don't know restaurants, things to do. Uh, a lot of stuff popping up in Charlotte. Um, some of you know, some of which like was around whenever we were kids. But um, now we're finally having a chance to go back and check it out. But are you also having that experience with Gaston County and? Um, you know, do you do you still go back to a place or is there a favorite spot that you still still like to come to spend time with your family or loved ones? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I, I actually I, I visit home a lot. Like I said, my parents live here. Um, my dad's parents live here. And then um, my cousin, who's like my best friend, she lives in Belmont. So, I mean, I'm in this area all the time. And um, yeah, there's still plenty of things like I grew up uh, going to tequilas all the time, the one on yeah. Union Road. And that's just like a go to. I'll text Maggie, my, my cousin, and we'll just be like, OK, dinner this week, tequilas. You know, mm. we just like we meet over there. Um, but also too, like she's in Belmont and that's growing like crazy. Yeah. Um, and we just did, I just did a suburb guide for Belmont a couple weeks ago okay. and went through there. It's kind of just basically it was like, you know, point of view. How would you just spend a day there if you show up at 8 p.m., 8, 8 a.m. and mm. leave like, you know, at 10 p.m. or something like that. Right. You could take several trips there. Um, and it was raining that day too. So it was like mostly indoor stuff. Mm. Um, but anyway... Yeah, so there's kind of like the tried and true, like stuff that I, the, the classics going here growing up. Um, we'll we'll go, you know, to dinner in in McAdenville and and go to like Terramia with my grandparents a lot. Um, but even that's like new in the last few years. Um, well, and then they the same owner of Terramia just opened Mangiamo in here in downtown Gastonia. Exactly. And that's, I went with my parents not too long ago there, um, and they, they love to hang out at uh, the, um, or, or like Pita Wheel is oh, another one. Love Pita Wheel and Gastonia, which I think didn't they open one in Belmont? Yep, not yeah. too long ago. Where um, Glenway Pub was. Yes, so on that back street there. Exactly. Yep. And another spot that I wanted to to feature in the suburb guide over in Belmont, but because of the rain, it just it was too. It just didn't make for a good environment. But um, the we call it the bike shop over oh, there. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of what we like. We call it. Um, I think it's called Station. I think, but basically, you mm -hmm. know, just go out and like have a beer. That's another like hotspot. That... And it's expanded quite a bit over the years. So yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. It's lots, lots of people have been going there for years. Yeah. Um, I feel like people in Charlotte, you know, one of the things that they depend on Gaston County for is um, like going outdoors. So Crowder's Mountain with its network of trails, like that's, that's huge. So I feel like I see, I see that sometimes on Axios or, um, you know, it's such a big park that you're like, oh, there's no way that it's just Gaston County folks here. You know, there's so many miles of trails. So I feel like that's one thing that people around Charlotte also depend on Gaston County for is like getting their outdoors time and actually going out for a hike and whatnot, Get, getting to see Charlotte from a different angle. Yeah, that's one thing where I've, um, you know, meeting people in Charlotte and they ask where I'm from, if they Gastonia, they'll um, they'll usually bring up like, oh, I went hiking Crowder's Mountain mm -hmm. over that way. Like it is it is. Um, such a go-to and that's a good reminder it's 
about that time of year where I need to <laughs> I right. need to go over there and hike. Yep, it's it's basically the closest peak to Charlotte, and it's the right weather right now. It's like the yeah. perfect time to go. I yeah, mean, that's awesome. I do. I need to do that. Well, Mackenzie, we thank you for coming in, for joining us for an episode of Savvy Citizen, and glad to have you back in the Charlotte area and covering all this fun stuff, and look forward to more of your reporting. Thank you. It was a blast. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Did you know Savvy Citizen now has a live music series? Check out the monthly episodes of Savvy Sounds, where we bring you original music and interviews with musicians from in and around Gaston County. View it on demand on the Gaston County Government YouTube page. Just search for the Savvy Sounds playlist. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. It's produced by the Gaston County Communications Office with hosts Janet Schaefer, Dan Drury Bradley, Elizabeth McGee, and Adam Gobb. Joshua Braswell serves as executive producer, and Gavin Stewart serves as field reporter and producer. Please like us and share reviews on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Coming up on next week's show, Elizabeth McGee and Adam Gobb report to us from the field as they attend the Gaston Emergency Medical Services Special Tactics and Rescue Training. You will not want to miss this.